Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports uh, Zone. Time to check in with NFL Draft Analysts at the ProFootballNetwork.com. Tony Pauline, kind enough to join us. Tony, how are you? Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. It's busy, busy time for you, for sure. The Combine is in the rearview mirror. Obviously, uh, we cover Utah, BYU, Utah State very closely, and Blake Freeland certainly opened up a lot of eyes with the Combine numbers. Just how much did he increase his draft stock based on his workout? I mean, obviously, he's going to get some second looks. Uh, you got to remember, he was at the Senior Bowl, and he showed some good things at the Senior Bowl as well. He wasn't consistently dominant, but he was, you know, he was solid throughout the three days of practice. And then he goes to the combine. The four nine eight is, is solid. The, the one six eight ten split is what you know is outstanding. As is the thirty seven inch vertical jump. I, I mean, he absolutely helped himself. He's got to get a little bit stronger. He's got to add some. Uh, some bulk to that frame. I don't know that he is NFL ready. I don't think any team is going to take him, you know, in the second round, thinking that they're going to plug him into the starting lineup come September. He's more of a guy that's probably a year away. He's got to spend a year in the uh, NFL weight training uh, program. But when you're that big and you're that athletic, teams say, hey, you know what? A year or two down the road, this guy could be something. So he absolutely helped himself. Tony, what position group can help themselves the most in a combine performance? It's a good question. I, I, you know, if the quarterbacks throw well. That is that that will help them. I, I think the better way to look at it is what groups can hurt themselves more because a cornerback group or a receiver group, I think, can really hurt themselves. There were some defensive backs. Anthony Johnson of Virginia, for example, ran in the mid-four sixes. He basically fell out of the draft. You look at the two safeties from Florida, uh, Dean and Torrance, they were in the four sevens. I mean, they're not going to be drafted now. So I think it's more of a situation where guys can go there, and if they run terrible times, especially the speed guys, uh, they're going to really hurt themselves significantly. If an offensive lineman goes there and runs a 4-3-2, he's a good <laughs> player on film, and he's got the measurables, he's not really going really to hurt himself all that much. So Clark Phillips is a guy that I don't think ran the time that he wanted to in the 40, but uh, did he hurt? Did he help himself? Where, where, is, where does he stand in your eyes? 
Yeah, and I didn't think his position work was all that good. You know, you're talking about a guy that's barely five foot nine, 184 pounds. Uh, so four five one isn't a bad time. The short shuttle was a little bit slow, but uh, you know it's more than just the times. It's the position work because they put up through all the position drills, and they do put put them through drills that they're going to have to uh, expect it to take part in at the next level through, with NFL techniques. I really didn't think Clark Phillips helped himself. I didn't think he was all that great. And then you look at the measurables, uh, the arms that's under thirty inches. Uh, I, I think now we're People were talking about Clark Phillips as a, a potential top 45 choice. I think now you're looking at third round because, you know, he's maybe a nickelback at the next level. He's not going to be a starter. So you look at a guy like Clark Phillips, and he goes out there and tests, and he runs the times and puts himself out there. Would it be would it have been more wise for him to not participate in these drills? No, not at all, because you always got the pro day. I mean, if he bypasses the combine, and then says, does it all at the pro day, and he doesn't perform well at the pro day, he's got no contingency plan. There's nothing else for him. I think with Phillips at 5'9", that's the bigger issue because, you know, everybody wants a six-foot cornerback today as a starter. And really, 4'5'1", yeah, it's not the time that he wanted, and there were a lot of corners that ran in the 4'3's. It's not a horrible time. It's not, uh, it's not a terrible time. You look at the 4'5'1", you look at the 33-inch vertical jump, you look at the four three two, and you're like, well, you know, is he that athletic? I mean, how much more can he improve for that, or is that the type of athlete that Clark Phillips really is? So everybody always gravitates towards the quarterbacks. Uh, Jaron Hall at BYU uh, looked like his stock is was rising throughout the season, then may have plateaued a bit. Where do you stand on him, and uh, what kind of range do you think he may get drafted in? If he gets drafted, it's going to be very late. He was kind of all over the place at the senior ball. I thought he threw the ball much better at the combine. I think the thing with Jaron Hall is, you know, he's going to have to work on his footwork. He's going to have to work on his drops from underneath center, although that's not done all that much these days. You could tell that Jaron Hall looked like he almost exclusively took snaps out of a shotgun. And when he was asked to drop back, his footwork was all over the place. To answer your question, you're looking at a six-round uh, type of prospect who's more of a developmental guy. I don't know that Jaron Hall will ever be anything other than a number two quarterback at the next level. So when you weigh the combine performance and the combine numbers from an NFL scout's perspective and put it against pro day numbers that are run in your arena or your stadium or your gymnasium, how much weight do they put in the combine numbers as compared to what they see at a pro day? Yeah, the combine is always going to take precedence. You know, not just the numbers, but the position work, because most of these guys, this is the first time they ever stepped on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. And, you know, you talk about the quarterbacks and the receivers, these guys, these players are, are strangers to one another. They just met each other. So <clears throat> more precedence is always put on the excuse me, the combine versus the pro day, the pro day, which is in a favorable condition, the pro days, which usually have hard tracks. I mean, you know, you look at some of the Penn State uh, times and and recent pro days, they were just absolutely out of sight. And oftentimes scouts will add, you know, five one hundredths of a second. So if a guy runs a four, three, five, a four, three, zero, they may add five one hundredths of a second and make it a four, three, five. Absolutely more credence 
uh, more emphasis is put on the combine versus the pro day, which is why you should work out at the combine unless you're injured. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Another local player I want to get your thoughts on, a wide receiver, Puka Nakua. Uh, Did he help himself at the Combine, and what does the range look for him? Yeah, I mean, caught the ball very well, ran decent routes, had a couple good days uh, of practice at the Senior Bowl. And remember, the Combine is just, you know, part of the – you know, part of the process, I think you're looking with him as a day three sort of possession receiver at the next level. He's definitely helped himself, you know, since January started at the Senior Bowl and the Combine. Uh, maybe he's a number three at the next level at best, uh, but he's a good pass catcher. You throw him the ball, you know he's going to catch it. I-, I liked his route running. I thought his route running was better than expected, you know, for, for a bigger guy. So uh, there's no doubt uh, he helped himself when you excuse me, when you look at this as well as what he did during uh, senior bowl practices before he got a little dinged up. One of the more bizarre situations that happened throughout the combine and something that was nationally reported on was Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter and his situation. The arrest warrant that brought him back to Georgia, he had to leave. Then he went back to Indianapolis to finish out the combine process. And, you know, there's some heavy accusations against him, uh, reckless driving, racing, and potentially being around that area when his former teammate and one of the assistants both passed away. How does this affect him and his draft standing and his potential in the NFL? Never mind the fact that, you know, people said he outright lied to police. He kept changing his story, which is you know, another red flag because teams are concerned about his trustworthiness. You know, from a legal point of view, it's got to end sooner rather than later for uh, Jalen Carter. The unknown will kill anybody's draft stock worse than anything else. You go back a couple years ago, you may remember the story of Lael Collins, the offensive lineman from LSU, a couple days before the, uh, I think it was the 2015 draft, story broke that police just wanted to speak with him about some text messages uh, that had to do with his ex-girlfriend who was murdered. He was never he was never a suspect in the case. Police just wanted to, to speak with him. And Lael Collins went from a potential top 45 pick. He went undrafted because no one knew what was going to happen. So from a legal aspect, it's got to end sooner rather than later for Jalen Carter. If this is hanging over his head come draft day and there's been no resolution from a legal point of view, it's going to kill his draft stock. There's no doubt about it. After that, it's going to be in the eye of the beholder, you know, the eye of the team. The team is going to have to weigh what happened versus, you know, the immense talent that Jalen Carter uh, brings. You know, is this a one-off incident for Jalen Carter? Can he be trusted uh, moving forward? Some teams will say, we have, you know, we feel that, you know, he's going to learn from this experience and he'll be fine. Other teams will be like, we'll pass. So, you know, it's really a lot has to be played out. And there's a lot of speculation as to how it's going to affect his draft stock at this point in time. How much does uh, five foot ten hurt Bryce Young? 
Um, I, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it would have hurt him. But, I mean, we've had six-foot quarterbacks yeah. drafted, you know, taken with the first pick of the draft. So, I, I think with – I don't think it's the five foot ten. I think at 204 pounds, teams have to decide, is that his playing weight or can he put on 10 more pounds and get a little bit stouter? Because, you know, when you watch the film of Bryce Young, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's clairvoyant quarterback who knows what's going to happen before it happens. He's in tune with his receivers. But, again, you know, 5'10", 204 pounds, that's not a quarterback for uh, – for everybody, but we knew that going in. It wasn't a surprise that Bryce Young wasn't six foot tall. Give me the name of three or four guys through this combine that really did boost their stock that maybe went from a middle of the pack and or you know second, third round, and, and they were able to get themselves into that first round conversation. You got to go first, I believe, with Nolan Smith of uh, Georgia, who ran faster than most of the the receivers of four three nine. I mean, Nolan Smith was a guy <clears throat> who. Uh, Barely played in 2022, had a pictorial injury, struggled in the early part of the season. Georgia finally shut him down. Uh, but he went out there. you got to go back. You look at the 2021 film when Georgia had four defensive players selected in the first round, and Nolan Smith was all over the place making plays. <laughs> he was one of the best defenders on that team. Has a great uh, combine workout. Interviewed incredibly well at the combine. So I think he's a guy that, you know, you're talking – Maybe middle second round, he could absolutely go and, uh, land in the late part of round one. I thought Christian Gonzalez uh, really solidified himself as the top corner in the in the draft with his workout. Not just the testing, but the position drills were phenomenal. I was not a big uh, Christian Gonzalez believer, but when I watched him work out, I, I thought he was uh, absolutely solidified himself. Probably as a top twelve pick. And then Darnell Washington of Georgia. I mean, guy played at 280 pounds last year, comes in at 264 pounds at the Combine, runs a 4.64. It's not going to be a first-round pick, but I think there were some, there were some concerns. Was he a late-day-two pick? The big tight end from Georgia has absolutely moved into no later than the middle part of round two right now. Well, Tony, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to catching up with you again closer to the draft. Thanks for having me. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.